0: Rosalie and I love being part of a church that has many different languages being spoken. We count about three languages that are spoken here. One is Spanish, one is American English, and one is British English. <laughs> and we're learning to speak the other two languages, <laughs> and that's, that's great fun. Actually, uh, I think really at its best, church should be a church of all nations. Any church should have representatives from many different nations as part of it, because that's a witness to who God is, who Jesus is, and what the kingdom of God is like. But it does create some issues. We've talked about one of them today, the the issue of having to have translation devices. Um, Thank you so much to our translation team. You do an amazing job. You really do. Bless you guys. Um, I know sometimes I can create problems for other people when I speak, Uh, who don't necessarily speak my language, because as Rosalie tells me, I can mumble at times. I can speak indistinctly, and so so I'm going to be quite careful this morning. But here's a picture from five years ago. This is uh, from five years ago when we we were here in Guatemala City for a visit, and uh, we were in Starbucks. Some other coffee places are available. And um, they asked me what our names were as I was ordering the coffee. So I thought I said, Rosalie and Mark. But our coffees came out as Rosenberg and Park. <laughs> now, in no way do I blame the barista for this. This was me, I'm sure, what I said. Because it's happened since then as well. But we do want our names to get right, be right, don't we? We do want other people to get our names right. We do want our names to be known by other people. For those of us of a certain generation who grew up in the UK, and I guess too in the US, uh, there was a television series with a very famous theme tune. And uh, the theme tune started like this. The song started like this. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Hands up if you remember that. Quite a few do. The series called Cheers, long time ago now but we want want to go somewhere where our names are known, because that means we belong. But there's, there's another side to this in our culture, in the culture across the world, whichever country we're in, I think it's the same, that there can be a pressure on us, there can be a pressure on us that's put on us by the world in which we live, and sometimes by ourselves too to get our names known, and that's not always a good thing. People talk of the importance of getting your name out there, of making your name known, or sometimes, as it's put, making a name for yourself. Making a name for yourself. And I want to say that actually, if that's what we're living with, the importance of making a name for ourselves it really brings with it an intolerable pressure. Whether we know it or not, it puts a pressure on our lives, a pressure on how we live, that is in the end intolerable. So this morning, I want to talk about some good news, another way of living other than this. But before we get there, let's just acknowledge that making a name for yourself is a pretty old ambition. It's been around for as long as the history of the world. And to show that, we're going to look at a, first of all, look at a story in the Bible, an account in the Bible that goes right back to the beginning of things. It goes right back to the 11th chapter of Genesis. Now, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are really interesting. I mean, the rest of the Bible is interesting too, obviously, but uh, the first 11 chapters sort of tell a kind of universal story, the story of the world. After Genesis 11, the story gets narrowed down, particularly to one family and then one nation, and then expands to cover the whole world. But Genesis 11 is like the culmination of an account of how the world began and then how it got steadily worse. And God's grace in it all, always. And in Genesis 11, we have this story. Now the whole world had one language and one speech. That's good news. We we kind of yearn for that sometimes. I do too. But anyway, as people moved eastwards, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. So that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Note there that it's, this is a people who we know from this account have turned their hearts against God. So the idea of them being able to do anything they want is not good news for the world and it's not good news for them. So the Lord says, come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel, which means confusion, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Let's just go back to verse 4 of that account. It says there that they wanted to make a name for themselves, to make a name for themselves. And it was that ambition, that goal, that in the end failed them. They ended up with confusion and chaos. They ended up, instead of being drawn together, they ended up being scattered. Instead of being a people of unity, they ended up being many different peoples. It completely failed. It completely went south. Making a name for yourself it can be something that we live by, as I said before, the world can put that pressure on us that we might make a name for ourselves, sometimes we live to make a name for ourselves. A social media encourages that now there 's great stuff that comes with social media today, with Facebook, with instagram, with Twitter. Um, guess I will guess we 're going to have some more social media developed over the coming years but in all of that, there's this, there's this sense, isn't there, that somehow we've got to present an image of ourselves to the world around us. We've got to make a name for ourselves that marks us out. We can count the number of likes we get. We can count, count the number of retweets we get. We can worry about how we appear to other people through social media. Our life can become how we make a name for ourselves. I once went, went to a, a leadership course in the UK. It was for people in all sorts of works, walks of life. Some people from churches, but people from business, people in politics. And one of the things they talked about there was personal branding. Has anybody ever heard of that phrase, personal branding? They were saying it's really important that you, you have a brand. It's you, and you've got to develop that brand people were even talking about choosing the car they drove to fit in with their personal branding so that so that the people around them would say look at the car they drive that's the kind of person they are and i just tell you i just my, my I felt sick i thought how can you live like that what intolerable pressure on you you're, you're putting on yourself if you're worried about your personal brand But it's not just ourselves as individuals that that, that, that we can live to make a name for ourselves. We can live to make a name for our family. Sometimes what people are worried about is that their family's reputation, what their family looks like, how their family name is heard and recorded. Sometimes we can live to make a name for our business. There's nothing wrong with being good at business. There's nothing wrong with developing a business. But if that becomes the goal and center of our lives, we put intolerable pressure on ourselves. Sometimes we can live to make a name for our school or our college or our university. Or it might be that we're living to make a name for our country, that we want our country's name to to be famous and well-regarded. Or we can live and this is easy for Christians to do. We can live to make a name for our church, or we can live to make a name for our ministry. That our goal in life is that our church's name or our ministry's name becomes something well-known and famous. And that's the goal. And I tell you that that brings intolerable pressure. Because you and I know that these things don't always work out. They just don't. We have no, in the end, no control over our reputation. We have control over what we do. We can act well. We can do the right thing. But what people say of us, what people report of us, in the end, we cannot control. You and I have seen seen, and in the end too, I have to say too, that our names and the names of our families, the names of our businesses, the names of our school. The names of our churches, the names of our ministries, even the names of our nations are not guaranteed to last. That in 100, 200 years' time, they can disappear from the face of the earth. At one point, the Roman Empire was the world power. The Roman Empire uh, controlled most of the known world. Well, where is the Roman Empire today? You would have thought living in the Roman Empire, this is eternal. This will last forever, but it didn't. So nothing that we aim to make a name for, whether it's ourselves or our families, our businesses, our schools, our nation, or our church, or our ministry, is guaranteed to last. And if that's what we put ourselves into, if that becomes the center and the goal of our lives, we put ourselves under intolerable pressure. But there is good news this morning, because there really is another way to live. So... There was an event in world history, an incredibly important event that changed the course of the world that also reversed the story of Babel. It took what happened at Babel and completely changed what happened there. And I'm talking about what we call the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2, we read about what happened there. To give you some context... Jesus has lived, has drawn His disciples together, has died on the cross, has risen from the dead, and has gone into the heavenly realm. But He has told His disciples to wait, wait. He said that you're going to be witnesses to the whole world, but wait till you are clothed with power from on high. Wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And In Acts 2, we read this. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? As Luke writes this account in, in the book of Acts, You can see, I think, that he is deliberately recalling or remembering the account of Babel in Genesis 11. Here are people from every nation, all speaking different languages, yet here through the mighty power of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, they all hear the good news spoken in their language. Something has happened to change the course of the world, and it is the coming of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. But what happens now is a change. In the story of Babel, the people there were all about making a name for themselves, but something else is happening now. Peter, who is is leading the disciples, leading the apostles, goes on to explain to people what is happening, using the the words from the prophet Joel he says this in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people and he goes on to say and everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved from this point on and 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 i just suggest if you have time this week, go to the book of Acts and see how many times there are references to the name of the Lord and the name of Jesus. You'll see that phrase recur time and again. From this point on, Peter and the rest of the disciples, those who have been filled with the Spirit, are not all about their name. What matters to them is the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus. Let's just, let's just look at a, just a couple of verses as we continue through Acts. So one of the first things that, that Luke tells us, one of the first miracles that Jesus tells us happens uh, sorry that Luke tells us happens after Pentecost, is the healing of a paralyzed man. And Peter explains what happens in this way: by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. It is Jesus' name. We've got just on the next verse in Acts 3, 16. Sorry. How are you doing there? Fantastic. By faith in the name of Jesus. And then the next verse, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Later on, in, a, in another address to the people, Peter says this in Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus that is paramount for Peter. It is the name of Jesus that is, that is what they're holding up, not their names, His name. A bit later on in Acts 5, we read this, the Jewish leaders have arrested the apostles, Jesus' followers says they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. There is only one name they are living for. There's only one name they're dying for, and that is the name of Jesus. That is the name of Jesus. They are living to make the name of Jesus known. They are dying to make the name of Jesus known. They're suffering to make the name of Jesus known. They are giving everything to make the name of Jesus known. This is their goal. This is their life's ambition. This is what their life is now all about, filled with the Holy Spirit. There is one name, one name that they're living for, and it's not their own. It is just the name of Jesus. It is only the name of Jesus. You see, there's one thing the world will say to us, this. They'll say, you are the hero of your own life story. How many of us have heard that or hear that on a regular basis? It really is all about you. You are the center of the universe. What matters to you is the most important thing in your life. You are the hero of your life story. And if you don't make a success of your life, then you've failed. If it doesn't work out the way you want it to, then everything is worthless. There is no value. You are the hero of your life story. That's what the world continually tells us. It will say things like, you can be whoever you want to be if you try hard enough. I'm going to tell you folks, that's just not true. I mean, it's great motivational speech, but actually underneath it is a lie. I've known many kids, I grew up with them, who wanted to be footballers. Soccer, sorry, soccer. Two languages. But you can translate it into whatever you want. It could be footballers too. They wanted to play soccer at the highest level. That was their life's ambition, their life's dream. And someone could come along and say to them, do you know what? You can be whoever you want to be. You can play for the top soccer team in the world. You can, you can play for Real Madrid or Barcelona. I've got to be fair here. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you just try hard enough, you can be who you want to be. How true is that? It's not. And so, we, we, we believe these, these lies that are spoken over us, that, that somehow we are the heroes of our life story, and therefore we've got to make it work. What intolerable pressure that puts on us. What huge pressure to live under. I've got to make my life a success. For me to have value, for me to have worth, I've got to make my life a success. I've got to make a name for myself. I've got, it's all got to work out right because I'm the hero and there's got to be a happy ending. Now, there's nothing wrong with encouraging people. There's nothing wrong with with encouraging people to, to use their talents and their gifts in the best way possible but we are not the heroes of our life story. I am not the hero of my own story, and neither are you. For the apostles, for Jesus' followers, they said this, Jesus is the hero of our life story. Jesus is the hero of my life story. It's not me. It's not about me. It's about Him. And can I just tell you, when that happens, when we make that shift, the pressure drops. When we make that shift, the pressure drops. We can live with freedom because He's the hero of our life story. Now, we said this was a Christmas message, so I think I'm going to read a couple of bits from the Christmas story, okay? thought it would be a good thing to do this morning, but also it fits. I'm going to talk about two people Who were given the promise of Jesus and very explicitly said, This is his name. His name is Jesus. The first is Mary, of course. Let's read from Luke's Gospel. The angel Gabriel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus there were lots of other names that were possible. The name of Jesus isn't mentioned in, in, the, in the Old Testament, so it wasn't as though when, Mary said, when the angel said to Mary, you're going to have the Messiah, that, you, that she said, oh yeah, so obviously His name is going to be this. The angel had to be specific, His name is going to be Jesus. And then went on to say this, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom, his kingdom will have no end. And then Joseph. Joseph has the same thing happen to him. In Matthew's gospel, we read, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is No other name. Because Jesus means the Lord saves. This is who he is. This is the name you're to give him. Because this is what God wants to do. He wants to save you. He wants to save your people. He wants to save this world. This is what he is going to do with Jesus. As God takes on flesh, as God becomes a human being, fully human, fully divine, this is the name he takes, the name of Jesus. I want to tell you that, that to me, the name of Jesus is, is so special. And I want to pray that it, it is for you too. How do you feel when you hear the name Jesus? Is there a thrill in your heart? Is there a, an excitement in you? Is there a sense of, ah, that's such a good name to hear? One of the things when we pastored a church in the UK, we, I, I looked for in people is when they started to speak about Jesus. A lot of people speak about Christ, and that's a good word, but it's not His name, it's a title. It means the Messiah, the King, the Anointed One. His name is Jesus, the Lord saves. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and there is power in the name of Jesus, there really is. And there's an intimacy in the name of Jesus. When we use that, when we speak to him, we're invited to call him by name. How good is that, that the Lord says to us, I want you to call me by name. When you come into my presence, you don't have to come in with a title. You don't have to come in and say, uh, with a series, of list of titles. Yes, those are good to use, and it's a right thing to use, out of reverence. But we're invited to name him Jesus. Because that's what you do with your friends. You call them by name. Because that's what you do with the people you love. You call them by name. His name is Jesus. And for Mary and for Joseph, well, we know this. We know this from what's written here, from the extraordinary things they did to enable Jesus to be born. From the cost that came to them, as we read more in Scripture, we know this that for Mary and Joseph, Jesus was the hero of their life story. Jesus was the hero of their life story. It's why in the Gospels, in the Scriptures, the focus is always Jesus. As it was too for those who came to follow Him and live for Him and die for Him, Jesus was the hero. Of their life story. So, a question for us this morning, it's an obvious question. Who is the hero of my life story, really? Who is my life mainly about? What am I living for? Another question. Who do you think, who do I think, rules my world? promise given to Mary was that of Jesus, His kingdom would never end. He is the King. It is His world. Who do I think rules my world? Another question, is a significant question, who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? I think this can be a really significant question for, for churches and for ministries. Who's getting the glory? Whose name is being lifted up here? Is it the name of your church? Is it the name of your ministry? Or is it the name of Jesus? Because churches do well, and then they can disappear. Ministries can do well, and then they can disappear. But the name of Jesus is a name that will last forever. And it is Jesus' name, and through Him, that the world is saved. The question in the end is, how do we live? We can live to make a name for ourselves, or we can live to make the name of Jesus known. We can live to make a name for ourselves, or we can live to make the name of Jesus known. And I want to say today that living to make the name of Jesus known is such a better way to live. It would be good to ask him this week, ask the Lord this week, actually, what am I living for? At core, what matters most to me? What matters most to me in my own life? What matters to me most in the, in, the, in the groups to which I belong? What matters most? Is it to make my name known, our name known, or is it to make the name of Jesus known? In the end, we cannot save anyone. There is only one Savior in this world, and what the world needs is good news. What the world needs is Jesus, it really is. And living to make His name known is such a good way to live. It is, it is a way that will release us from pressure. It's a way that will give us peace. It'll a way that give us purpose. And in the end, because this whole world belongs to Jesus, it is the way that, that actually makes most sense of our lives, why we are alive in the first place, living to make His name known. Can I invite you to stand, please? Yeah, just ask the the band to come up. That would be great. Thank you. Just actually invite us just to pray. So if it helps you to, to close your eyes, then do. But if it helps you to keep them open, keep them open. But let's just wait a moment together. I want to say this morning that I just, um, I kind of feel that there may be people here who've had words spoken over you that give you, that bring you a huge amount of pressure. It may be from family, as well meaning as it's been. It may be from school, college, maybe from workplace. It might be from ministry. It might be from church. It could be from anywhere. But you are living with the pressure of making your name known, making a name for yourself. And it's just too much to carry and too much to bear. And I want to pray that this morning that you'd let Jesus release you from that. Those words that that put such pressure on your life will be broken. Be no longer something you have to live up to, no longer something you have to live by that you don't have to live to make a name for yourself or for anyone else. Jesus invites you to live for Him, live for His name, because when we do that, we actually have peace, a peace this world cannot give. Come Holy Spirit, just ask you to break any any yokes, any bonds, any chains that people are living under from having to make a name for themselves, having to make their lives a success, having to get everything right. The worry and the fear and the anxiety that come with that, Lord Jesus, release us for your name's sake, for your glory, because your name is a good name. Because Jesus, your name is a name that is, we find salvation, because your name is a strong tower, because your name is a place of refuge, because your name brings freedom and deliverance, because your name brings joy. Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you. Come by your spirit. More, Lord, more of you. Jesus, come, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. some of you in your hearts, you're going to be thinking of other folk who say, if only they knew Jesus, if only they knew the peace that comes from him. Lord, we just, we lift them to you too. Members of our families, our friends, people we work with, Lord, we pray for them, that they would encounter the beautiful news of Jesus. Thank you that with you there is grace, Lord. Thank you that with you there is always a new beginning. Thank you that with you there is hope and freedom. Come Jesus. Amen. If any of you would like to pray, have someone pray with you, stand with you in prayer after the service. Fontaine is here, I'm here, Rosalie is here. We'd just love to pray with you. We're going to worship and lift the name of Jesus high together now. Lord, in your name.